Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. So uh, I had intended to make last week the last uh, podcast in our series on OCD, but uh, I had a conversation this week with somebody about the podcast series, and that has prompted me to uh, put out another one here. And uh, I do want to say, maybe just as a uh, way of rehearsing um, from kind of where we started with the podcast, is that um, I've always wanted and intended for a uh, two-way communication uh, with the podcast. And so particularly, uh, if you're someone maybe who is uh, newer in listening to the podcast, uh, that I uh, want to make myself available for conversations um, and uh, discussions on the topics. And sometimes uh, those conversations end up coming out in an additional podcast episode. Uh, I've done that in the past before and had an opportunity to clarify some things and uh, have the, the conversation ongoing. So um, uh, the podcast, as you know, is, is particularly um, kind of geared towards our local community, Wayne County. And so from that perspective, uh, if you're here in town, be happy to uh, buy a coffee somewhere uh, and uh, or go out to lunch or whatever it might be and uh, talk about these things. And if you do happen to be someone who maybe isn't local, uh, you can feel free to send me an email at john at crossvieworville.com. That's john at crossvieworville.com. So uh, with that being said, let's uh, get into it today. I was talking with someone this past week uh, on the topic of OCD uh, an individual who had uh, listened to the series, and we started talking specifically about the role of the conscience in OCD. And if you recall, previously I said that with OCD, someone um, or the person who has OCD has an overactive conscience. And so the question that came up was, how do I fix my conscience so that it's no longer an overactive and sensitive conscience? And so this episode is going to be a response to that question. And I think the other reason to have this conversation is not only because it relates to our recent conversation with OCD, but actually we really can kind of broaden this out, this topic, so that whether someone is struggling through OCD or not, um, that this question I think is relevant for everyone because at some point in our lives, we are going to realize that our conscience may not be lined up uh, with Scripture as it ought to be, and so we have to seek out how to engage um, in in changing that. Uh, so I hope it'll be just generally applicable to uh, a, a number of people. <clears throat> um, there's a lot of material on the conscience that really I'm going to be skipping over in order to get right to the point of this one. But I do want to just give uh, a recommendation. If you're looking for something helpful in presenting a biblical view of the conscience, I highly recommend uh, Andy Nacelli and J.D. Crowley's book on the subject called Conscience, What It Is, How to Train It, and Loving Those Who Differ. Uh, you might recall that uh, all the way back in episode 70, I interviewed one of the authors, J.D. Crowley, uh, on the book, <clears throat> and um, 
I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode uh, to get more of an idea of, of what that's about. We also went through this book as a church, Crossview Church, um, and so uh, I, I know it's um, something that, at least for folks in our church, might be uh, somewhat familiar with. Um, okay, so back to the topic at hand. We're, um, there's a lot of stuff in that book that develops consciousness, but we're kind of skipping ahead to particularly dealing with a sensitive conscience. So uh, sensitive conscience basically is a conscience that warns you of danger when no danger is present. So if you think of your conscience as uh, the check engine light on your vehicle, uh, this would be if there was no problem with the car and yet the check engine light came on and it was uh, telling you that there's a problem when there really wasn't. Um, We're not talking about a seared conscience, which is kind of the problem in the other direction. So a seared conscience fails to warn you of danger. So an example of a seared conscience would be uh, someone has an abortion and they do not feel guilt because of that. They have actually reprogrammed and retrained their conscience to stop warning them of a problem. And so their conscience is now seared. Um, it's, it's not working properly. It's not telling them of sin. So we're talking about the other problem on the opposite side, a conscience that's sensitive. Um, so, uh, perhaps maybe a silly example of this would be someone who, uh, their conscience tells them that it's a sin to drink root beer. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's totally something that you can do, um, And so this is the kind of question we're asking, how do we fix the conscience in that kind of a situation? Um, Part of the, a lot of what we're kind of skipping over here and why I'm encouraging you to go go, go look at that book is the danger that there is in violating your conscience. So if your conscience tells you that something is wrong, even if it might be right, you don't want to violate that conscience Um, because you're going to start training yourself to believe it's okay to do wrong things. Now, there is a very specific and narrow uh, situation in which you can violate your conscience, and I'm going to get to that momentarily. But on the whole, uh, to just be dealing with your conscience in kind of a a rough way and you just violate it whenever you feel like it, that's going to create a seared conscience. And eventually you won't be um, convicted of sin uh, any longer. And that's really a dangerous place to be in. So we don't want to be there. Um, We want to know how to fix the conscience in a sensitive, when it's oversensitive. And so for the person, again, with OCD or Maybe you're just applying this in a more general way, but for the person with OCD, they might have a sensitive conscience when they believe that they have to say a prayer a certain way before they eat a meal, Um, or they might believe that it's wrong to touch a certain object because of, again, the whole germ situation or whatever. Their conscience is telling them don't do this when it's actually okay to do this. So let's take... Um, the example of praying a certain way, and we'll just run with that one. How do you fix a sensitive conscience in that area? So the person prays for their lunch, and then they are convicted. Their conscience, the warning light, you know, starts to go off, and it 
convicts them and it says, hey, you didn't say that prayer with the right motives, or, or you weren't really truly thankful for uh, your food, or, or you didn't say thee or thou or something like that, whatever it might be. And so this person ends up repeating this prayer about 50 times before, before they just finally get worn out and they just eat the food anyway. Uh, or, or this could be a Bunyan situation. So if you remember for John Bunyan, we went through that. John Bunyan thought that if he ate the food, he was selling his soul to Satan, sell Christ for this, sell Christ for that. So uh, if a thought comes in your mind and it says you're selling your soul to Satan if you eat that bread, you know, how do you fix that particular situation? Now, I think all of this discussion that we have had previously about good theology still applies. You have to know that Christ is enough, that he is your righteousness. You have to know true things about the atonement. Um, But I want to address it with some maybe practical thoughts here. Let's think of our consciences, let's think of the conscience as a clock that needs to be calibrated or a garden that needs to be tended, or a phone that needs an operating system, okay? In each of these situations, there could be um, some things maybe present that shouldn't be, or things that are inaccurate or not functioning correctly, so a clock could be set for the wrong time, a garden might have weeds in it, a phone could have an outdated operating system that has security flaws or whatever it might be. And in the same way, your conscience needs to be recalibrated because it's set for the wrong time, or your conscience needs the weeds pulled out, or your conscience is running on the wrong operating system, and so you need to fix that. Under normal circumstances, as I mentioned a few moments ago, you never want to violate your conscience. But there are some biblical examples of appropriate situations where you should do this, and I'm going to give you one such example. In Acts chapter 10, Uh, God uh, tells Peter in a dream to eat unclean food, but Peter refuses. God says, it's totally fine, you can do this. And Peter says, no, I'm not going to do this because, you know, I've never had unclean food. So when Peter wakes up from the dream, he is presented immediately or almost immediately with an opportunity to share the gospel with Gentiles And what God was doing was communicating to Peter that his conscience was dialed in incorrectly. He needed to remove that part of the conscience where he was convicted by being with Gentiles, and God helped him to see this through the dream. Peter, in response to the dream and the situation that God put him in, Peter actually violated his conscience by going and eating or, or, or going and in, in, in being with the Gentiles. Uh, and honestly, he probably felt a little bit funny for a while at first. Um, and so we do have this example of how someone is to recalibrate their conscience or a situation when that's appropriate. When Peter is presented with two conflicting realities, God is telling me this, but my conscience is telling me this, Obviously, the choice is I have to go with God above my conscience because God is the higher authority. And so those are the situations where you're going to, in a very calculated way, say, I'm not going to listen to my conscience now. I want to use uh, and go back to the book Conscience 
by Nacelline Crowley, and I want to give a couple of quotations that help us to think through this particular issue. So um, first, uh, I'm going to read a question in the book followed by two answers. So it starts off this way, quote, here's the big question. How do you know the difference between sinning against your conscience and calibrating your conscience, since in both cases you are telling your conscience to be quiet? Number one, you are sinning against your conscience when you believe your conscience is speaking correctly and yet you refuse to listen to it. Number two, you are calibrating your conscience when Christ, the Lord of your conscience, teaches you through his scripture that your conscience has been incorrectly warning you about a particular matter, so you decide no longer to listen to your conscience in that one matter, end quote. So, uh, according to Nacelle and Crowley, and I think they're right on this, Uh, you are going to sin against your conscience if you actually think your conscience is right. So if your conscience is telling you, um, don't drink the root beer, okay, and you actually are convinced that your conscience is correct, even if your conscience is wrong, but you think your conscience is right, you should not violate your conscience in that scenario because you're actually teaching yourself that it's okay to sin, And your conscience is going to go numb on convicting you of any sin at all. You are calibrating your conscience when you say, I know my conscience tells me I shouldn't drink the root beer. However, I know that biblically I can enjoy all good things that God has given me, and there's nothing inherently sinful about this. And so... I'm going to not listen to my conscience, and again, I'll emphasize the last part of their statement, in that one matter. Um, So what you do is, if you see an area where your conscience and the Bible disagree, and by the way, this is important that you see the disagreement. If you don't see the disagreement, then you can't just uh, run into this situation and violate your conscience. If you see the disagreement that your conscience says this and the Bible says this, then what you're going to do is, in that one area, stop listening to your conscience. And again, the caution, and I'm wanting to be very cautious here, is that if you just flippantly stop listening to your conscience, you will sear your conscience, and that is actually a dreadful place to be. So here are two questions. Again, going back to the book. Uh, Nacelle and Crowley. Um, I'll read this. It says this, quote, So how should you calibrate your conscience? We suggest two basic principles. Number one, calibrate your conscience by educating it with truth. Number two, calibrate your conscience with due process, end quote. Okay, so you're going to find out what truth is, which of course we know is in the Bible. And you are going to educate your conscience. Instead of just letting your conscience absorb things from the world or from wherever, you're going to actually actively re-educate it with truth from Scripture. 
and then you're going to give it time because it's not always uh, a fast thing. Now, there are times, and, and in Peter's situation, he had to calibrate his conscience instantly because he had a gospel opportunity that God gave him, and he didn't have years to get out of this thing. Um, probably for most of us, recalibrating our conscience tends to take longer, but perhaps there could be a scenario that we might find ourselves in, like Peter, where we are instantly confronted with, this is the Bible, this is the conscience, and I just have to, uh, I have to instantly go with, with the Bible. Um, sometimes it's hard for us, and the reason it's slow is because we have to discern, okay, what does the Bible say? Does the Bible say this? And we have to go and, and, and look and learn and grow and those kinds of things. Um, so what this means is that you're replacing the operating system of your conscience with God's Word. And after you've looked at an area and realized that God's Word doesn't prohibit that behavior, you now have the freedom to obey God's Word and disobey your conscience. So to go back to our example, you believe that, let's say, eating a piece of bread means that you're selling your soul to Satan. Okay, this is... This is this is the stuff that John Bunyan was going through. This is the kind of thing that people go through today. So you're stuck in that rut, and that's where you, uh, your conscience is convicting you that I can't eat the bread because then I'll, I'll do this. So here's what you do. Very practical. You look into God's Word, and you see that eating food or not eating food does absolutely nothing to put you into a relationship with Satan. You actually see that uh, your relationship with Jesus Christ is through faith alone, and that uh, eating food doesn't take you out of that relationship with Christ, not eating food doesn't take you out of that relationship with Christ, you see that as truth, and so now you've got a disagreement. Your conscience disagrees with the Bible. Your conscience is wrong, and the Bible is right. So what do you do? Okay, here's the application. You put the bread in your mouth and eat it to the glory of God. You simply ignore your conscience because it's wrong in this one area. And admittedly, whatever the area is for you, it's going to feel weird, but you're making a calculated decision based on the truth of the Bible. If you believe that you cannot eat food until you are completely and totally positive, you've had nothing but totally pure motives in your prayer, and that you said all the right these and all the right vows, and after you've looked at the Bible and you see that there's no standard in there at all, that the Bible doesn't prescribe this kind of uh, specificity in your prayer life, and after you realize, hey, my conscience is actually misinformed in this area, here's the application. Put the food in your mouth to the glory of God. Just eat the food. Eat the food. <laughs> because we can enjoy it. We don't have to live uh, bound to misinformed consciences. And that's what's going on in the OCD realm, and, and even for those of us who may not have a OCD or are struggling with that, um, and just have an oversensitive conscience in general, um, the problem is that we are yielding to an authority outside of the Bible. 
And we need to yield to the Bible and the Bible alone. It is our ultimate authority. It has a higher authority than our own consciences. And what's going to happen is over time, and this is honestly going to be weird for a while for many people, but over time, as you begin to train your conscience, your conscience is not going to warn you anymore about making sure that um, you know, you've said all the right these and thous. Your conscience is not going to warn you anymore about, hey, you shouldn't touch that table because there's there might be germs on it. Your conscience is not going to warn you about, hey, you made some kind of a pact with Satan by doing this because you're intentionally, specifically, biblically, thoughtfully uh, putting the authority of the Bible before the authority of your own conscience. And really, this is just part and parcel of what it means to be a Christian and to learn how to deny yourself for the sake of Christ. And when you do this, there is such freedom in Christ. There's freedom in the gospel. There's freedom in the atonement. There's freedom in knowing that he's sufficient and that he is greater than us. He knows more than us. He's with us. And the Lord is kind to all of those uh, who are part of the redeemed. So let's respond by calibrating our consciences according to the word of God and not according to our own whims. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church Norville. We meet Sundays at the t- at the at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. I'll get this right. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.